Welcome to the Daily Illini Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Brennan Jones. Joined as always with Gabby Hyduke, Josh Peach. Today we have a special guest, uh, Iowa, the Daily Iowan, sorry, uh, basketball beat writer, Robert Reed. Um, obviously has joined to has joined us to talk about this Iowa-Illinois game we're all excited about. Robert, how you doing? I'm doing well. Excited to talk about some hoops before the big game tomorrow. I know. Last time we saw this game, um, it was the last <laughs> live sporting event I went to as a fan. Um, I was sitting in uh, State Farm Center uh, to watch that game. Very exciting game. Uh, Kofi Coburn sealed it with a block on National Player of the Year front runner right now, Luca Garza. Um, both teams have continued to be really good. Illinois has regressed a little bit. Iowa still kind of that upper echelon of the Big Ten. Um, so I'm, I think we're all very, very excited um, to, to kind of get into this. We know how we feel about Illinois right now. I kind of want to pick your brain about what are you thinking about this Iowa team um, just based on the season? I have a question first. I have a question that pertains to last year's game. Okay. We can I go just wanted first. to ask him real quick, real quick. Well, you brought it up. Um, what did you think about the block? Like what was, what was the <laughs> overall tone on like the other side of the block? Yeah, it's funny. I was actually watching that game. I wasn't covering it. I was watching it from New Jersey. I was um, covering the Big Ten Wrestling Championships, and Iowa had just won that. So I'm sitting in the media room there watching that on the – or trying to watch it on the, the TV in the media room. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, obviously, Iowa didn't know um, that game was going to be the end of the season. Uh, so that was definitely a tough one to end on. And I know for a fact it stayed with them throughout the off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've heard that uh, Luca Garza, after having his shot block, and obviously he just ha- came off the best single season in program history, he went right back to work after the season, uh, the rest of the season was canceled. And, you know, I think there were 1.2 seconds left or something like that off the inbound pass for, for Garza to get that shot off. He and his dad went to the gym and put 1.2 seconds on a stopwatch and just kept taking shots with that amount of time left how how can I score with only this limited time left if there's a big guy on me uh so yeah that that the game as a whole and that play in particular definitely stuck with the team and especially Garza because um you know for as good as Luca is he's gonna take if Iowa loses he sees it as being all on him when you know sometimes when they win it's all because of him um so you're not yeah I I'm interested to see with that uh being in the back of the minds of these players, especially Luca, for close to a year now, how uh, how they come into Champagne and perform this time around. That's kind of terrifying. That's so interesting. Yeah, like, <laughs> I hate that. I've yeah, seen, like, that, uh, that I've scares seen, me. I've seen the BTN documentaries all the time. I'm sure you have of like Luca and his father just always in the gym working, and you know how dedicated they both are, and the fact that they went into the lab and was like 1.2 seconds on the clock. Like, how are you gonna play this better? Because I don't. I mean, 1.2 seconds. There's not a lot he could have done, but he didn't put up a great shot against the seven footer. Um, that's terrifying because if that happens again, I would hate to have Luca in that same situation. You know we're going to get like the same situation. Yeah, he's going <laughs> to kill it because he's ready. Like, he wants that situation. He wants that. Sorry, I just had to ask. No, that's that a great question. question. That's a great question. Um, um, needed to know. But yeah, Robert, how are you feeling right now about Iowa season um, overall? A little past the midway point. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely been, this was the most anticipated program. I don't think, or season, I don't think it's exaggerating to say it's the most anticipated season the program's probably ever had uh just you know Luca coming back in the summer 
Bohannon coming back off of surgery and basically having every key player from last year back. Um, they have eight players with the starting experience, which is kind of absurd, but, um, you know, season's gone um, pretty well for Iowa up to this point. Obviously, they've lost three games. The, the one last week to Indiana is probably the only one I'd classify as a bad loss. I mean, they, they shot terribly against Gonzaga and only lost by 11, and I think Gonzaga is definitely the best team in men's mm. college basketball this season and you know they led Minnesota by seven points with 44 seconds left and then lost in overtime so Minnesota or Indiana is really the only tough loss out of that bunch and um, it, it, it's definitely living up to expectations so far for Iowa um, and I know especially from from the Iowa standpoint I'm sure it's it's true for you all as well when they finally released the Big Ten schedule. This was definitely one of the games I was circling because this yeah. is uh, it, it, it's no secret these two programs don't exactly care for each other. So I'm interested to see, and it's it's interesting as well. I know I was on an eight day stretch of having not played, and uh, I believe Illinois. Play, yeah. yeah, so Illinois is on a little bit of a break too. So they've they've had some time to prepare for each other. So I'm interested to see how this one plays out. I, I want to ask you, Robert, because something, you know, when I look at the Iowa team, I see a team that can score a million points whenever they want to. Like, even if two guys are off, like you have a stacked starting lineup, everyone can score. What do you think about the defense? Because when I look at them, you know, it, it kind of looks to me like McCaffrey's plan is let's outscore them. Does the defense concern you at all? I mean, it's concerning. Iowa under Fran McCaffrey has never been a defense first team, and they're probably never going to be a defense first team. And that works when you have one of those handful of the best offenses in college basketball, especially when Luke is the leading scorer in college basketball right now. Um, it, it is a little concerning at times when the shots aren't going in, uh, like last week against Indiana. I don't, that's kind of a, a standout game that I'm not sure is gonna, we're gonna see anything like that again because Iowa went 11 plus minutes without making a field goal in the second half, which I don't even know how that happens. Um, but yeah, the, the defense you would like to see um, a little bit more out of that and a big thing heading into the ma this matchup which I'm sure what we can address later is Iowa guard CJ Frederick who I think is probably Iowa's top perimeter defender at least one of them he's day-to-day -day heading into this one I'm not exactly sure that he's going to play he's got a lower leg injury that he's dealing with um, that forced him to miss the second half of the Indiana game so um, I was been relying on the let's just Put up a bunch of points and outscore everybody and it's worked i want to say 10 of iowa's 12 wins are um, by double digits this season so they're, yeah. they're definitely putting points on the board so um i guess you can afford a little bit of a defensive liability when you're doing that yeah i was a very i think this iowa illinois kind of you know uh this kind of rivalry is is interesting because if you look at last year they were very head-to-head -head in the big 10 rankings um, I think Illinois finished 21 and 10, Iowa finished 20 and 11 um, after that last game. But as, as Iowa has kind of, you know, progressed and is now just second behind Michigan, who's, you know, just took the, the league by storm, Illinois struggled. You said yourself, Iowa has only really one bad loss. Illinois has, I would say four. Um, they're, they're the one against Missouri. Um, they lost against Rutgers, which they should have won. The Ohio State game, I think they should have won. Um, yeah. And the Maryland game, 100% should have won. But this is a team where 
we haven't really seen them put together a, a full 40 minute game. And that's what's most concerning about this team. You're going to go into, you know, March and, and early April. And if you don't put together 40 minutes, you're not going to be a substantial team in these tournaments. That's, I think, the difference between Iowa and Illinois, at least right now. I think talent wise, I, I think it's pretty even when everybody's at their at their best. You have a couple NBA type guys on on each team. But I guess we could talk a little bit about how Illinois season has been. Um, they started off really hot, obviously kind of similar to Iowa, that only one loss to a top team in Baylor um, and not a bad loss by any means. But as soon as, you know, they lose to Missouri and then they start the Big Ten season, it kind of starts tumbling down. And since I guess you could consider that Duke win a really good win, they haven't had like a solid, you know, we beat a really good team. And I think that's what this is um, in Iowa. That's the opportunity for Illinois. I don't know what you guys feel about that. Yeah, I think when I look at Illinois schedule versus Iowa schedule, I think it's a big difference. I don't, and I, I'm not trying to like discredit Iowa by any means. And Robert, if you want to jump in on this one, just schedule wise, I was had a pretty easy schedule. I mean, obviously like the Gonzaga game was huge and, you know, you're never going to face a team like that again until you get, you know, if you're in the final four, you know, national championship, they're obviously such a good team, but it seems like Illinois definitely have the tougher schedule between the two. Do you think that's really a factor? Is that something you, you know, you put a lot of thought into, or do you just think, well, they're beating these teams by double digit points, like they should, if they're playing bad teams, like how do you kind of assess that schedule? I think part of it, um, some of the teams they beat early in the season didn't, aren't maybe as good as we thought they were. I mean, they beat a, a ranked Northwestern team who turns out maybe more toward the middle of the pack. And they, uh, they also beat North Carolina in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. And again, North Carolina regressed a little bit. Um, so, so those are some impressive early season losses that maybe aren't so much right now. But uh, I, I do think I put Gonzaga in their own tier in yeah. the or in college basketball right now. I definitely think I was in that second tier, and I think I was one of the handful of the best teams in the country. The the game that really impressed me the most this year is when Iowa won on the road at Rutgers, especially mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Connor McCaffrey leaving the game in the first three minutes with a with an injury, and he does it doesn't necessarily show on the stat sheet all the time, but he's a, a really big part of that offense. But beating a ranked team on the road in the big 10, that's something Iowa hadn't done in like four years. Um, so to see that composure, I guess, and that ability to compete with a good team away from Carver Hawkeye arena, where I was only lost twice in the past two seasons. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's what really stood out to me. Um, so I, Illinois probably has that tougher schedule so far and everything's going to balance itself out with how crazy the big 10 is this mm -hmm. year. But um, but yeah, I, I still think Iowa's been um, impressive despite some of the teams they've played so far. Yeah, I think the big like difference, you know, heading into the season, I thought Illinois and Iowa were pretty comparable. I think on the last podcast, we all talked about how we thought they were preseason, like neck and neck for number one in the Big Ten. And now it's pretty clear that Iowa and, you know, obviously like Michigan, whatever, like everyone's starting to separate themselves. And I think the, like Illinois is such a tier behind Iowa right now. Like, yeah, they've had the harder schedule, but they've lost games that they shouldn't have lost. Whereas like, I was really not losing many games that they, you know, need to win. Again, they've had a couple losses, but you know, not 
maybe one is bad. You know what I mean? And even then, like you still are playing an Indiana team that's pretty explosive and Trace Jackson Davis is good. Whereas, you know, Illinois is playing, you know, Maryland and you have to win that game and they just don't, they come out really flat and kind of embarrassing almost. So I think this Illinois season is just hard to gauge because you're at the point now where they're either going to like turn it around and really go for it and show that they're this national championship team, which I think they could. I mean, Io's amazing. Kofi can, is a double, double every night. So they have the pieces there. It's just, I think if they want to get to that point, it does start with this Iowa win because I mean, if you can't beat one of the top teams in the country, then how do you solidify yourself as one of the top teams? So I just kind of think that's where Illinois is at right now. Just not that this is like a, make it break a game because there's so much more time left in the season. But if they're really trying to turn this around, make a run for, you know, the big 10, make a run for a top one, two, three seed in the tournament, I think tomorrow night or Friday night has to kind of be that point. I think the biggest difference for me that I've seen between these two teams, because like you have your big guy, Kofi and Luca, and you have a bunch of guards around them and they don't necessarily play the same style, but like they both have a lot of talent coming into the year. But Robert, you hit on this game a little bit. The biggest difference to me between these two teams is the Rutgers game, because like uh, Mm -hmm. Robert, you said, you know, Iowa only has lost what twice at home in however many years. So people don't win at the rack either. Like Rutgers never loses at home. So Illinois goes into the rack. They're feeling great in the first half. And then we slump. We're not consistent. We end up losing the game by five, 10, whatever it was. Iowa does the opposite. You guys are kind of neck and neck the whole game where you end up coming out on top. So if I'm looking at like the real comparison, and this definitely does separate them by a tier is that Iowa can play a full 40 minutes and they can win Mm -hmm. those grinder games, not necessarily, you know, playing with fire like Illinois does, but Iowa just wins that type of game right now that Illinois just can't do. Yeah. hundred percent. As we look into obviously recording this on Thursday afternoon, um, as we look into tomorrow night, let's look at matchups. I mean, we talked about the block. I think obviously you're not going to want Kofi on Luka Garza all night. I think Kofi's kind of a liability when Luka is able to stretch the floor. But I don't think you want Luka Garza on Kofi, especially in the paint. Um, when you're looking at matchups, who do you see, you know, being the most important matchups um, in the key moments tomorrow night? Yeah, I, I mean, that that center matchup is about as good as you're going to find across college basketball. And that's, that's the big money one. It, it was fun to see, you know, obviously Illinois' two standout players decide to come back for another season. Luka pulling his name out of the draft also. And, you know, Luka was asked this week, um, you know, did he like seeing that other stars around the conference, including, including the guys at Illinois, that they also came back? And he said, absolutely. He want, he's been uh, looking forward to this one um, and wants to compete against the best. And that, that's what we're going to see. So I, I think that's definitely the, the standout one. Um, and then, I don't know, guarding, guarding Io on the perimeter, especially if C.J. Frederick can't go. Jordan Bohannon has been playing probably the best defense of his career this season. It, it helps that he's fully healthy and has had a couple hip surgeries, but I'm not comfortable with that matchup if I'm mm-hmm. Iowa. Uh, it's probably going to have to be Joe Wieskamp defensively. Um, so they'll have to adjust to that somehow. Maybe they go with Joe Tucson a little bit off the bench. Um, he's definitely the, the quickest guy Iowa has. Um, so maybe they try that defensively, but shutting down those those two stars for Illinois is definitely going to be a, a challenge for uh, Iowa defensively. And maybe they're not going to be able to do it. They're just going to go with the, like we mentioned, let's just try to out, outscore them instead uh, strategy. 
I think that for for Illinois, their focus, we saw in in the game last year to end out the season, Illinois can score against the zone against Iowa. They struggle against the zone in other situations, but against Iowa, they're really able to kind of find those mismatches for Kofi, get them get them down low, and then Iowa's I think able to score against anything. Um, but what really comes is is defending the just the explosive Iowa offense that there is. I mean. I think the the main thing that needs to happen is they need to catch Illinois needs to catch Luca Garza in double teams before he's able to pass out. He's a phenomenal pass. He can pass out so well when he hits a double team. I think he's just like a phenomenal um, big man for that. But I think if you hit him with a double team before, make him frustrated and make him really earn his points. He against Illinois, um, he shoots really well in the outside. That's because we don't have a, a, a really good perimeter big man defender. Um, but against, you know, Indiana, his only three came in garbage time uh, at the end of that game. So I think you're really going to have to make Luca Garza earn his points in the paint, you know, really frustrate him, maybe hit him with some hard fouls, stuff like that. Um, that's how I see this game going down if it's going to be successful for Illinois. Yeah, I mean, Kofi just can't guard on the perimeter for his life, right? I mean, Robert, <laughs> I don't know if you watched the Illinois-Ohio Illinois State game, but <laughs> EJ Lydell just did whatever he wanted but I against think, Kofi. But back to EJ. Sorry, let me. Just, I oh, think we we got to give Kofi some credit because against Duke, I don't know if you watched that game. I'm not gonna you know quiz you on Illinois knowledge, but um, he played really well against. Um, goodness, I can't think of his name right now. But the the Duke forward who hurts, hurt, who's a really good shooter from outside. EJ Liddell, when they went into that game, was shooting like three for nineteen from the yeah. Field. I and like I just don't think it was in the game. They weren't like to go scouting for him to, to go be defend a three. him. But after I'm not gonna, one, you after make one, the adjustment. After yeah, one, you got to make adjustment. Yeah. But I still think Kofi's better than he was last year. All right, so but go ahead, go ahead. So I think in last year's game, I'm not going to get the you know exact points right, but I think Luca did his regular thing. Robert, I don't know yeah. if you can correct me. He scored 28 or something, but they held the guards in check for a little bit. So mm-hmm. that's what Illinois did to win. And that's what I think Illinois has to do tomorrow if they want a chance of winning, because I like Trent on Bohannon a lot. I think that he's going to take away his three, something that, you know, like North Carolina, for example, they just let Bohannon shoot all day. Trent's not going to let him do that. So I really like that. I think Io, whether it's Wies, Camp, Frederick, or whatever, will be able to do it. But Kofi's going to struggle against Luca, And I think that that's okay. But if he can contain him from the outside, that just gives Illinois a little bit better of a chance to win. Yeah, I I really... Truly. And I think some of the coaches in the conference are in the same boat. I don't know how you defend Luca. Like yeah. we, he's seen every double team, triple team at times combination of defense. Like he was dominant in the paint last year and his footwork is insane. And he comes back this year, he's hitting threes. He's, he's hitting some Dirk fadeaway shots. It's yeah. basically Fran says at the end of every game that like, he's never on the bench saying like, Oh, Luca, don't shoot that because he's never surprised when one of Luca's shots goes in. And I think the big thing with this Iowa team, and I think Brad Underwood said something along the lines of this week, like you can defend Luca really well and he's still going to get like Mm -hmm. 20 to 30 points. And it just kind of goes that way where, where I was almost like unguardable on offense as close as you can get to unguardable is when Luca's doing his thing and when he's drawing the attention that he does and you've got, guys like Bohan and Frederick or Wieskamp hitting threes on the perimeter. Like yeah. When at least one or two of those guys is on and Luca's being Luca, it just makes it tough to defend. And that's why the Indiana game is such a weird loss because Frederick didn't play in the second half. Bohannon went 0 for 9 and 0 for 8 from 3, which 
doesn't is the worst shooting <laughs> is, is the worst shooting game of his career and we camp only scored one point in the second half yeah so it was just kind of the perfect storm of shutting the iowa offense down and even if frederick doesn't play and i get the sense that he's not going to be out there uh and, and that is a big loss for for frederick he last year as a freshman loved the loved the big 10 and three-point percentage and i think next year um you know especially if guys like garza and bohannon move on I think he's really going to be the centerpiece of this Iowa offense, but uh, so that, that's obviously a big loss, but you still got the program's all-time leader in threes in Bohan and, and Wieskamp, who, who's an all big 10 caliber player out on the perimeter. So if one of those guys is on, which they need to be, um, that that's a, that's a tall task for, for any defense. Yeah. I think the, when I look at this, it's like, like obviously everybody knows like Garza's gonna get what Garza gets like he's always gonna put up probably near 25 points somewhere around there no matter how good your defense is but I think the biggest thing for Illinois defense is okay when he's not scoring and when you know he's looking to kick out or when they just get it to him high post or they're just passing around the perimeter if you can just make Luca like a little uncomfortable and a little frustrated we were just watching um we were reviewing some of the film from like uh, I won Indiana yeah. and then I won Illinois last year. And it's like Garza's a really good, obviously like the best player in college basketball, probably, but it is a little obvious when he gets frustrated and that kind of comes across in his play, which you think wouldn't because he's such like a veteran is a strong mentality and everything. And not saying it necessarily like makes him play bad, but if you can just frustrate him a little and force him into like a couple bad passes, or, you know, if you double team him and get a steal obviously Illinois defense is really really good especially when you have Corbello out there um not saying Corbello is like the best defender but he's very quick and gets in the passing lanes you have Trent you know you have DeMonte some of those guys are really good at just like interrupting the passing lanes and getting in there I think if you could frustrate Garza a little to where he makes a couple bad passes I think that could kind of be the edge that Illinois would need to win because again you're not you're not going to stop him from scoring, but if you can stop him from making some of those really good passes and maybe force him into a bad shot or two, I think you string together a couple of those stops and, you know, Illinois could go on a run. It's, I think the biggest thing for Illinois, they're going to play solid defense. Iowa's going to score a lot of points for Illinois. It's figuring out how to not go on those two, three minute stretches where they yeah. aren't scoring. I think we haven't really talked about Illinois offense, which I kind of want to get into. It's like, Illinois defense, you know, is going to be pretty solid or they can come up with, with stops when they need to, for the most part, but when they go on these scoring droughts or, you know, I was not scoring Kofi struggling, a couple turnovers type mm -hmm. of thing. That's where Illinois really loses their games is those couple minute stretches. And, you know, I would obviously, you know, any big 10 team has solid defense, but they're not at Illinois caliber by any means. So I think, the key for Illinois offense is like Io to get going early. And I know we love when Io gets going late and he, you know, puts up like 10 points in like a couple minutes, crazy stuff. But I think I want to see Io like get going earlier this game. I know we talked about that a little, yeah. but that's kind of what I think. And I just, I mean, I don't know like how do you, Robert, do you think like, Iowa can, you know, put a stop to Iowa like early and, you know, wait for him to have one of those like late game type of situations. Or do you think it's going to be a similar situation where like Iowa's just going to get what Iowa gets? I mean, I think Iowa's probably going to get what he gets. Um, it, it's probably 
you know, I, I could see this being a high scoring game, despite, you know, Illinois having an impressive defense. Um, Iowa's high powered offense. Uh, I, I think it's, we could be in for a little bit of a back and forth Luca versus Kofi and IO sort of yeah. game, which I'm all, I'm all for it. Um, so I, I think, uh, I, again, with Frederick being so important to Iowa's defense on the perimeter, I think that uh, makes things a little bit harder trying to guard IO. Um, so I, I do think it could be one of uh, a high scoring game for him. Mm -hmm. When it comes to, for me, at least my key to the game, I guess would be like, obviously IO is phenomenal. Obviously Kofi's phenomenal, but this team is great when everybody's good, right? When it's not necessarily IO scoring or, you know, dumping it off to Kofi. Cause I feel like when you get Kofi within five feet, he's going to try to put up a shot. Um, you've, you've seen, I don't know if you watched any of the Northwestern uh, Illinois game or any of the, um, you know, the first Penn State Illinois game, but they struggled mightily in the first half. And then the second half, when everybody's involved, when everybody's doing well, they do phenomenal things. They outscored Northwestern 53 to, I think, 13 in the second half, which is just almost unheard of. Um, that's because everybody was doing well. Trent Frazier, when he was a freshman, um, was relied on to be a huge scorer. I'm somebody for like the last year and a half who's been like really preaching that he needs to just be kind of reckless and, and, and want to shoot and, you know, kind of score because I feel like in his like mentality, he's a scorer. But, you know, with when you have NBA talent around you, he kind of wants to, you know, take that back seat. But I think he's he's so good. Um, he can do that. Adam Miller is kind of shaky. He's a freshman, of course. Um, that's somebody who's going to have to have a big game. And then. Um, Jacob Granderson, which is somebody who was a transfer from Holy Cross. Um, he's played really big in these last three or four games for Illinois. He might even get the start tomorrow night over Demonte Williams. Um, he's going to need to, you know, play really good defense and hustle, which is something that he does, but he's really going to need to, you know, show what Illinois tried to get him here for was first three point shot is we're going to need, Illinois is going to need to shoot a lot of three pointers and, you know, make at a very high clip to, to compete with this um, Iowa offense. As Gabby said, like, there's no way that you're going to be able to survive multiple two, three-minute scoring droughts against this Iowa offense. It's just not going to happen. I think that the biggest thing for Illinois, I agree with pretty much everything you said, but just in my eyes, the biggest key for Illinois to try and win this game is, like we said, Luca's going to score. And again, not to rip on Iowa's defense, Robert, but I don't <laughs> think that uh, Illinois is going to get into the droughts they usually do. Like, you know, Indiana plays a lot better yeah. defense, even Maryland at times plays a lot better defense. So for me, it's going to be totally stopping Iowa's guards on the perimeter from scoring. And Frederick being out helps a lot with that because I don't know if you guys remember the first Illinois-Iowa game last year in Iowa City, Frederick was dominant. Like, yeah. I remember I watched that game and I was like, wow, like that is their best guard right there. And some people would agree with me. So if Illinois can shut down, you know, Bohannon from making five, six threes, same things with same thing with uh, Wieskamp, McCaffrey, Frederick, if he plays, whatever, that's Illinois' biggest thing, though, I think, trying to win this game. Yeah, I remember after that, uh, that first matchup in Iowa City last year, after Frederick went off, Underwood said something along the lines of, it's going to be a pain playing against Frederick for the next four years. So <laughs> they, they might have caught a break on, on this one, at least. Um, yeah. It's when you look at when you look at Iowa right now, um, what do you think the single most important thing to do is when they come into Champaign tomorrow? I think it's kind of a general thing, but it definitely applies both based on where they need to improve after Indiana and going into tomorrow's game is Joe Wieskamp has to not be afraid to take shots. He's almost too unselfish at a player at times that he he tries to set Luca up in the post or mm -hmm. get it to Bohannon on the perimeter where 
he's an elite scoring option in the Big Ten, and he needs to sometimes know he's that. And you'll see, you, you can definitely notice times when he's aggressive, where he's driving to the paint and drawing fouls, or well, he, where he'll throw up a three in transition. Uh, kind of like the first half uh, against Indiana, he scored seven points in like 30 seconds to put mm-hmm. Iowa on top early. Um, and then in the second half, scores one point uh, and looked kind of passive. Um, so I, I think that's, again, that's kind of what sets Iowa apart is when they can get a solid number two option a consistent number two option behind we or behind Garza and we camps exactly who that should be because he's capable of being that uh, he's kind of going into last season. I think everyone assumed we camp was going to be um, I was number one option. And then Garza kind of emerged as an elite player. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can't meet the hundred shots. He doesn't, he can't be afraid of, you know, maybe taking a contested look. He just has to get his and it'll come to him. Uh, so I, I think that's the biggest thing. And then, Maybe, maybe something a little more, bit more specific to tomorrow. I'm assuming if Frederick can't go that we're going to see Keegan Murray in the starting lineup of freshman, which um, he, he hasn't been, uh, he wasn't part of last year's very physical and competitive games. Uh, so that might be a, a quick wake up call to him if, in his first career start. Uh, but he's been really impressive off the bench in his first year in the program. Uh, he and his twin brother, Chris, um, when they, were committed to Iowa. They weren't exactly highly sought after recruits. And I'm sure you can find pretty, plenty of uh, receipts on Twitter of Iowa fans not exactly being happy that Iowa offered them. But he's been amazing as a freshman this season off the bench. Um, played from the start of the season, which at least to me was a little bit unexpected. But he's, I think he's been Iowa's best bench player this year. He can do everything. Shoot from the perimeter. Um, he's among the team leaders in offensive rebounding, steals, blocks, everything. He, he really stuffs the stat sheet. So I'm, I'm interested to see where he would fit into Iowa's starting lineup and how he would, um, you know, play among the starting group. He did that a little bit. Uh, he basically played the entire second half against Rutgers without Connor McCaffrey, but I'm interested to see a, a full game of him starting if that's what Fran McCaffrey decides to do. I do kind of think like the – kind of like deciding factor in this game is which role players like play yeah. better. I think, you know, we've established that players on both sides, both teams are going to get theirs, are going to play well. There's no stopping any of these teams, you know, powerhouse scores, but I think it comes down to those role players. If, you know, that freshman can come, if he is going to start, if he can come in make an impact, you know, if, how do you, we, Wise Camp, Wise Camp, I don't want to say it wrong. If Wise Camp can come in and be confident in his shots on Illinois side, it's, you know, can DeMonte knock down a couple threes? Like he can do him, you know, bigger games. We've seen it, you know, can Adam Miller knock down a couple of threes? I really think it's going to come down to which role players are better and which team has the better like force off the bench. And I think, I, I think we're in for like a very exciting game. Obviously, mm-hmm. I think it's it's clear that Iowa is a, a little bit of a tier above Illinois right now, but I do think this matchup is really good and it's really interesting because there's a lot of different ways it could go. Obviously, bold teams are very great teams. We know that. And Illinois can turn it on at points. We've seen it this season. So I, I don't know. I think we're in for another like very – like down to the wire close game. At least I hope we are. Obviously those are more exciting. I have a quick question for everybody. How many technicals do we see? That's a great question. I think we see two sets of double technicals. 
Okay. I think early in the game, there'll be a double technical. DeMonte will get one. Yeah. <laughs> I and was going to say, middle, one's going to DeMonte. He wants one. Middle of the, <laughs> but it'll be a double technical, so it'll be okay. And then middle, okay. of, the, middle of the second half, I think Iowa's going to get one. Um, but I couldn't even, I couldn't even tell you which Iowa player is going to get one. I feel like. Probably McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Well, definitely McCaffrey on one of them, but. I'm not sure, but I think it'll be Demonte and Io because Io had one yeah. against. Io um, gets a little nasty when Io's people come for his teammates. Io's a big brother now. He's yeah. turned into that little big he brother. Is, yeah. I like that a lot. No, I I can't wait to see McCaffrey and Demonte. I don't know if you tonight. saw, but uh, last year uh, during that last game, uh, a fan had a cutout of Fran McCaffrey's head. Yeah, it blew and up. And it was like, did it Underwood sign it? Yeah, Underwood yeah, signed Underwood it after signed the it. Game. I love that. Probably like the biggest it. thing on Illinois sports Twitter for like three days after that. Um, more, than least, more than three it days. It was like that weeks, was, three weeks. Especially yeah. when the pandemic started. That's yeah, and that was the only thing about. we had left was <laughs> Illinois beating Iowa and then Underwood signing McCaffrey's yeah. head. No, I, I I don't think it's going to be like a nasty game by any yeah. means. Like both these teams are, you know, mature. They're, you know, veteran players on this team. But I'll, I'll go... I'll go four technicals, but I don't think they're both going to be doubles. I think one's going to be a double technical and then each are going to get one randomly. Yeah. I wanted to be surprised uh, to see, I think there, there's a good photo of Connor head to head with the yeah. forehead to forehead with the Illinois that, player last year. We have and, that hanging up in our like uh, daily Illini <laughs> office. Cause it's just, it's my favorite picture. That's a good one. And I don't think Fran's been called for one this year, which seems overdue. Oh, I really? totally forgot the coaches. Like, That's true. Robert, you stole my prediction. I was going to go five technicals total. Oh, I was going to go a double tech on DeMonte and McCaffrey, obviously. I think I was going to get one. I think maybe like Wieskamp's going to get one. Oh. And then I definitely have Fran getting one. I 100% have Fran getting mad at the refs and pulling a Fran and getting one. If Wieskamp gets one, that'll maybe be the most surprising development of the season he's like the most tim duncan no emotion change <laughs> player iowa has probably um but maybe, you know maybe, maybe we'll know. bring it out of him. maybe frederick <laughs> i don't know i'm so jealous of you two that you'll be there because the fact that there's no fans all i've heard is that you can hear everything yeah you can hear everything. and i'm so like i just please like send recordings of yes. whatever they say because you can't hear it on the tv it's tough no but. it's so good like in I, I, again, I don't know how much Illinois you've watched this season, but Underwood just gets so – he. I, I mean, I love Underwood as a coach. I think he's a great coach, and I think he knows, like, which players really, like, need to be yelled at, you know. Um, he's so loud in timeouts. Like, he's just <laughs> screaming, like, do you even want a rebound? It's like – and obviously with more words than that that I can't say on this podcast, but – I'm so excited because I feel like Fran is so crazy and like Underwood's not even like really crazy, but you know, he's a basketball coach. He's going to get loud. He's going to get in the ref's face. I am so excited to be able to hear what they're all saying Mm -hmm. and to be able to hear what Fran is saying. And I hope Fran and Brad like yell at each other. You know, I'm, I think we need some entertainment, you know, I'm excited. Yeah. My, my welcome back to Iowa basketball first, game of the season uh press row in harbor hawkeye arena is right behind the iowa bench and like five minutes into the game you know a a game i was handling pretty well opposing team gets an offensive rebound or something fran turns around red face as usual just swears and pounds the the scoring table and's like the season really has started Uh, yeah weird I, i covered 
uh, the team for the first time last season. And I went into my first Fran press conference, like, oh, this will be interesting. All I've really heard is his reputation as a hothead. And he's pretty soft-spoken, like, until he's very angry. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it goes, he gets hot really quick, but otherwise he's, he's a pretty calm person. I think like what, what Brad does, which is my favorite, I always watch for these moments. These like make my night. He'll either like throw a clipboard, like, and he doesn't just drop it. He like throws it behind the bench. My favorite is when, well, he doesn't do it anymore. Cause I, which is an interesting thing. We, I've never even talked about this. Like the coaches haven't been in suits this year. Yeah. Like they're just in more casual clothes, which like good for them. I wouldn't want to coach in a suit, but like Normally last year, like he would take his jacket off and just like throw it or like, he'll just like, there was a couple games ago. I think it was the Maryland game or the Ohio state game. He literally flipped a chair. Like the Northwestern game, he spiked the clip bar. Like, yeah. Right. He, he's very like handsy mm -hmm. and just like very like hands-on pushing stuff. Like I love mm -hmm. it. So I think we're going to see a couple chairs, couple chairs down um, on Friday. We're going to circle back to this game in a bit, but let's talk a little bit about the implications of this game. Uh, obviously Michigan right now is pretty locked in that, you know, first place, neither team has played them yet. Um, but the winner of this game will be in the second place uh, of the big 10, a lot of implications. Um, winner of this team or winner of this game will, will be on the track to, you know, go catch Michigan uh, in those situations if they win those games. But as you look forward for Iowa, how important is this game for your team? Oh, it's huge. I, I think I, I mentioned at the start of this podcast that this one's been been circled for a while since the schedule came out. The two games that I was definitely looking forward to the most this season were Iowa Gonzaga and then this one. And the fact that they're only playing once in the regular season, so mm -hmm. the winner of this game has the tiebreaker, and obviously both these teams down the stretch are going to be competing for that top spot. It's huge, especially for a team like Iowa, like this type of season doesn't happen in Iowa city, like super often. I was, you know, pretty consistently good, but to be contending for a big 10 regular season title, something the program hasn't accomplished in decades. Like this is a big game. If you want to work toward that ultimate goal, and then you can get into the uh, other things like seeding for the big 10 tournament, you know, uh, assuming that happens this season and everything like that. So I, I definitely think it's a huge game, not only for bragging rights, but for, some of the things this Iowa program is trying to accomplish. Yeah, I know Gabby had talked about it earlier, but I don't think this can be stated enough. This is like the defining moment, I think, for Illinois basketball this season. Oh, yeah. They had a bunch of expectations coming in. Um, I forget what they were ranked coming into the season with ninth. Seventh. Seventh. And coming into the season, they got as high as six after they beat Duke. Um, but since then, it's been it's been a whirlwind. There's been ups and there's been downs. And this is, you know, midway through the season, this is the game that everybody had circled. This is the game where I think most people thought it would be like maybe a one-two matchup in the Big Ten. It's a little under that, but I think it's the implications are still there. Um, if Illinois is to lose this game, they're, I think, have cemented themselves into the second tier of, of the Big Ten with, you know, Iowa and Michigan being in that first tier. Um, but if they win this game, they, they can change the entire narrative. They can, you know, make their way back in to it as, as they close out the season. They can have a successful end to the season. Um, and, of course, the implications of seeding in the Big Ten tournament and seeding in, in March Madness um, come into play. But I think right now they need to just work on catching up to that tier that Michigan and Iowa are in. And that's why this, this game is so important on Friday. I think this is going to be a real indicator. You know, like I, I always talk about consistency. Like I said, Iowa, I'm not worried about Iowa. Like they're going to get into the tournament. They're going to be fine on Illinois, you know, on their side. So like 
I don't think there's any home court advantage in college basketball. So I don't know if you guys agree with me, disagree. Like you're on your home court, like there's no fans. You definitely don't get the home court advantage that you do in a regular season. So even though Illinois is the home team for this game, this is like pretty much neutral. I don't know. So I think that this is, you know, going to be a good indicator for Illinois fans, what we're going to see in the tournament and in the big 10 tournament too, because these are the type of games that you've been on a little bit of rest. You're coming in right now and see how you play against a big time opponent that you've had circled on your calendar for however much time now. So I'm worried about Illinois, but I, I think that this is a big, in, this like you said, Brennan, this is the season. Yeah. This is yeah. The season. I mean, that kinda, wait, that's kind of like weird. Cause it's like, I don't feel like this is the season for Iowa. No. So it feels like we're like, Oh man, like we got to catch him. We got to catch him. Um, but yeah, that is weird saying like this, I think is definitively like the season. Well, I was better than Illinois. So well, yeah, that's just 100%. But I, I also think when you're just looking like record record wise, I think this is important for Illinois as well, because if you drop to six and four in the Big Ten, I mean, you're looking at, oh gosh, it moved on me. You know, you're looking at, you're with Purdue, like that you're really in the middle of the Big Ten and mm. that's not where you're expected to be. And I just don't simply think that's the level they're at. I think they're better than middle of the Big Ten, but they haven't shown it in some of these pivotal moments. And I think that's why against Iowa, this is so important, not just because it's a rivalry and not just because we're getting, you know, closer to the end of the season. Um, But I think it's just the fact that I was a really, really good team. If you could show you could beat them, then I think you gain some of your credibility back. I mean, it doesn't take away the Maryland loss. It doesn't take away the Ohio State loss, Mm -hmm. but I think it moves you in the right direction. Whereas it almost feels like it's like season ending loss type of deal, which it's not. I mean, we know Illinois will most likely if I mean it something crazy have to happen for them not to get in the tournament. And we know March is always crazy. So we know anybody can make a run at any time. But I do think this team needs to start heading in the right direction before the tournament. But again, I think it'll be hopefully the most exciting game of the year, you know, for both of us, um, for both sides, obviously, you know, I would play Gonzaga and Illinois played Baylor, but obviously this is a more like close to home, like close to the heart type of matchup that I think, I think it's gonna be fun. Um, all right. To wrap up the show, I want to do score predictions. Um, something we do often, I guess I'll start because I gave mine yesterday when I was on the radio show. Um, I think this is a game that Illinois can win. Uh, maybe it's just for my hatred for Iowa because my, it's like a rivalry in my house and it's a rivalry in my school. Um, but I think this is a close game. It's a high scoring game. I just think that, you know, Illinois turns it on in the right moment. I'm a knock on wood. Hopefully I'm not wrong, but uh, I think it's 85 to, I think I said 79, Illinois. You go next, Gabby. Okay. Um, I, as much as I also dislike Iowa, <laughs> sorry again, Robert. Um, I also have like a split household too, because yeah. my dad went to U of I, my mom went to Iowa. Um, so we're in a bit of, bit of a struggle here, but I am gonna actually go Iowa taking this one away. As much as I want and hope and pray Illinois wins, I doubt it's gonna happen. Sorry, guys. I am going to go probably uh, i think at, uh, 87 iowa 83 illinois that'd be tough 87 83 robert you know i i do think it's going to be a good game and i could see it going either way but like as we talked at the at the top of this the whole guards are going back with the stopwatch yeah. that keeps lingering with me like i'm I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what, what Luca does. Like, 
I keep thinking that there's nothing else he can do to surprise me covering the past, covering him the past couple of years, but I guess we'll see tomorrow. Um, I think it'll be a close one. I'm going to pick Iowa, something high scoring, like 92-87, something like that. But uh, I think it's going to be a good one. I can see myself being very wrong about this prediction, but oh, I'm, I'm going to guess that uh, I'm going to, you know, end up like, you know, slamming my hand into the table or whatever because because <laughs> Illinois yeah. gives up so many threes to Iowa and Brad's just screaming. I'm a, I'm gonna take Iowa. I really? I think I could be very I wrong. It. I can I, I can see a world where Illinois does defend the three properly and wins, but I don't think it's gonna happen. I think that Iowa's too comfortable and Illinois is still a little nervous. I was playing like more of a veteran team. I think you said 87, 83, Gabby. I'm going Iowa 88, 83. 88, 83, a little copier. I'd love to be the only one because that means if I'm right, <laughs> I need to shove it in your faces next time we talk. But um, yeah, Robert, thank you so much uh, for joining the show. It's been a lot of fun uh, to pick the beat writer's brain. Um, but for me, for Gabby, for Josh, for Robert, uh, this has been the Daily Line Sports Podcast.